The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. solutions for real-world life. From a biblical perspective, this is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We'd like to welcome you to the show today, and we've got a special show today with an outside interview headed your way. Frank with Global Silver Investors is in the studio with us today, which is usually by phone. Hey, Frank. Hey, it's a, a pleasure to be here and uh, very exciting to... Uh, to be with you all here for the show. So what is going on, Frank? Well, uh, the price of silver has has uh, moved considerably higher. Lots of people are calling uh, who have read the book, um, who are up uh, 50%, some better. Um, but uh, since the, the book has been released, um, the price of of silver is certainly up over 50%. And uh, um, it's good news for those that uh, have uh, taken advantage of this, but it's it's also telling of some other things that are going on that um, uh, aren't 
you know, real good news for the way that uh, we're used to things being. Well, I've got a um, interview that we have with Daniel Vision of Chief, he's a chief economic analysis of uh, the National Inflation Association. And uh, Daniel, you there? I'm here. Yeah, well, we welcome you to the show today. Thanks for having me on. What happened is I got a call and said that uh, some statistics and things that Glenn Beck had read that we needed to see, so we downloaded that and got that sent to us. And uh, I like what I saw, so we decided to invite Daniel to the show. Daniel, there was some things that came up. Um, of course, this Bernanke thing and trying to... Uh, what's your phrase that you use for easing the... Um, Easing the system or something. QE or quantitative easing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know that's not going to be easing anything, but make a, the, the building that's going to fall much higher. But, anyway, if you can get, give us a synopsis, synopsis of what National Inflation Association does and what y'all's role is as far as uh, what you, you hope to accomplish. The National Inflation Association uh, has been organized to prepare Americans for a breakout in hyperinflation. We believe that will occur sometime before 2015, so it's not like we're dealing with a lot of time. Could happen in five days, could happen in five years. We don't know. There are a lot of things that could kick it off, but certainly everything is already in place for the massive destruction of the U.S. currency. Uh, the currency has already been devalued significantly when you price it against real things, and we're already entering an, in a, a stage where we are actually already hyperinflating the currency with trillions of dollars of stimulus, bailouts and commitments, as well as unsustainable borrowing from the federal government. So we've already reached that point of massive uh, money creation, and that is actually the definition of inflation. A lot of people immediately think of prices, but inflation is actually just the increase in the money supply. Prices going up is a result of inflation. So that's why you can see all of this inflation over the last 18 months, and you haven't seen prices have a major move until now. And now we're seeing the result of all that inflation. Of course, the inflation isn't slowing down. With QE2, they're accelerating the inflation, and that means we're just going to see prices continue to rise and the currency continue to be devalued. You know, Daniel, we... we, uh we're strong in agriculture here and encouraging people to go to subsistence farming, not something to make profit on, but something to feed yourself. We believe that's one of the greatest securities and homeland security you can have for the future. Saturday, we went to pick up some of our cattle, uh, cottonseed. He said, and uh, cotton, cotton bales are really big bales. They're not like a hay bale. I mean, they're huge, weigh you know, several tons. But they were a thousand bales short. And uh, when we picked it up, they asked them about that, and they said, "Well, right now, what the price is is a dollar fifty." And and we responded, "Dollar fifty, a hundred pounds for cotton." No, he said, "Dollar fifty a pound." This is astronomical. This man has been cotton gene for gene for decades. He said he's never seen anything like it in his lifetime. And so these these prices, we know what's coming. And that's really what sparked my interest when I read some of your your stuff that y'all put out, the National Inflation Association, is we know what corn prices are because we buy it. Mm-hmm. We know what's going on in the commodities, and there's no way 
for those prices to be escalating and the and the percentages that they're escalating right now without that getting onto the grocery store shelf somewhere down the road. So I know y'all put out that sugar's risen 51% just in September and October. 51%. Yeah. And people out there need to, to look at that to see what's coming tomorrow. And uh, your comment on that. Absolutely. We've seen, uh, we've seen cotton rise in the last 60 days, 54%. That's unheard of. Um, corn up 29% in the last 60 days. Soybeans up 22%. Orange juice up 17%. This is just in the last 60 days. And they're not slowing down. So you're exactly right. Because of the downturn, because Main Street is in a meltdown. Wall Street is in a meltdown because of all the, all the easy money. But what we're seeing is a lot of the retailers have been holding back, um, passing this price increase on to consumers. But now things are moving in double digits. They will no longer be able to hold back or cut some profits or lay some people off. They're going to have to start raising prices, and that's exactly what's been announced. From Starbucks to Kellogg's, they are announcing that they are going to have to raise prices starting this month, starting in November. So people... Uh, it's the worst of both worlds because not only are we in a severe uh, downturn uh, because of not only debt but demographics, but we're dealing with the government trying to inflate and prop up asset prices. And, of course, they're trying to prop up things like homes and cars and things that keep government revenue going. But the unintended consequence, uh, or maybe it's the intended consequence, is Everything we need is going to cost more. So now people's paychecks have been cut. They've been laid off. And now, instead of having a normal deflationary cycle where everything else goes down when you lose your job or, or lose some pay, uh, we're seeing the opposite. You lose your job, and now you've got to pay more at the grocery store when you have less money. But Daniel, so, Daniel, you know, something we're living in a modern age, scientific studies of, of economics and everything and all our inventions. Somebody's going to come and save the day. This is so doom and gloom. <laughs> well, I mean, unless, look, look at it this way. The Internet invention changed the world. It created 20 million jobs over 10 years. Um, so we already have 25 million people unemployed or underemployed. So, you know, we would need some type of Internet invention just to absorb, in the next 10 years, the people who've already been laid off. This doesn't include population growth and college graduates who are already ready to find a job. So, um, you know, short of something like that, uh, and again, it would have to be bigger than the invention of the Internet, because remember, it created 20 million jobs. We've got 25 million already un unemployed. And this, you just made my point. We're so used to always being saved by the skin of our teeth. We're at the end, people. You've got to really understand that stats don't lie. You think Starbucks or you think Walmart's going to be good, good, good at two shoes and, and postpone their increases? Nobody in, in, with common sense can see that, that an operation as big as Walmart can forestall that. It's going to hit you. So the thing is, is what have you been doing about it? What are you going to do about it? And that's where uh, we've been speaking for, for two years about this, to, to ready yourself, prepare yourself, and to be thinking different, out of the box. Don't go and be stay glued to the system. Daniel, what do y'all put out as far as what people steps people should be taking right now? Well, the first and foremost thing, if, if someone's just learned about this, you have to prepare your household uh, 
for an, a massive increase in the grocery store as well as shortages. Because as the U.S. dollar slowly kind of dissolves out of its status of being re- world reserve currency, Americans are going to have to pay a lot more for commodities. And uh, right now we're 5% of the world, but because we have the world reserve currency, we're able to consume 50% of the world's resources. So that's going to change. So prices are inevitably going to go up no matter what. Well, Daniel, uh, people are so far from really knowing that we're fed so much. We're so passive. We take what, what is. Explain just, I know it may sound simple, but explain what commodity is. Well, commodity is basically like a, a you, corn is a commodity, cows are commodities, metals are commodities. Uh, commodities are something that's not man-made. You know, fiat currency is a paper currency made by man. A commodity currency like gold and silver, something that would be made by God. It's a finite resource from the earth. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, uh, this is exactly what the philosophy of what we've been teaching people to get ready and, and have moved many people and encouraged people to downsize their house, get rid of the mortgage, move in a mobile home with some land is better than being in a house without mortgage beyond what you're going to be able to hold and can't feed yourself. And we have people moving for, and I'm saying this, Daniel, for your sake, know where we're coming from. We've had many, many people do that. We had the story recently of somebody sold a $350,000 dream home, moved into $100,000 with the equity, and and uh, bought some property with it. And and these are the kinds of, this is how you need to be thinking out of the box. You need to be thinking these ways and what Daniel just said about your shortages of food. And I was, of course, being sardonic about somebody's going to come save us. This is what God's saying. See, you've got to start seeking first God's kingdom. Everything else will be given you besides. But that doesn't mean to possess the mentality that, okay, well, I'll just do that, and God's going to take care of me. You've got to have some practical sense. Just like the bird he promised to feed has to get out at the crack of dawn to go find the worm God provided. He works for that. He digs for it. He pulls it and flies it back to the nest for the little ones. Don't expect everything's just going to go in the mentality that most people possess today. Well, somebody's going to take care of me. The government take care of me. Uh, the, the, the church used to take care of people, but now we've given that and delegated and relegated that to the government. And so who's going to be there? What's going to happen or Daniel, give give us a picture of what will happen when this meltdown occurs. Well, it, it's it's already starting. Um, when it gets really ugly, um, we will see utility disruptions. We will see uh, disruptions in the at the grocery stores. We could find some kind of. We will find some kind of new normal, and it's not going to be anything like we live in today. Right now, America lives in an illusion, and it's all borrowed prosperity. When you're on the freeway driving and you look to your right and to your left, everybody in, that, in their car, more than likely, has a financed car. They borrowed money to enjoy that good now. Same thing with the homes. You talk about people selling their homes and actually owning. That's the mentality people need to have, an ownership. Ha- own it and, and be independent, independent from the government. We don't need the banks. We don't need the government. Damn. You know, when you talk about people preparing... Most important thing to prepare for is is food. Expand your pantry by ten times. That's a good way to start. You know, I don't encourage people just to buy anything. Buy stuff that you eat, and then you also want to buy, you know, things that can last for a long time. That north of ten years is like rice and stuff and beans. But we need to exp- expand our pantry. We have we don't store food like people used to because we have the convenience of swinging by the grocery store that's 10 minutes away and buying whatever we need. That thought process needs to be changed. You need to be independent. You need to know that 
the grocery store isn't always going to be there. I'm not saying it's going away forever. I'm just saying there are going to, there's going to be a time in this country when things get chaotic, and you do not want to be one of those people out there looking for food. You want to be at home or with your church or community that you've set up a plan with, and you want to be doing the things that are going to make you independent. Daniel, you've been listening to the show, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, people, here you have somebody totally separate from us, segregated. We've just been introduced today. I just read some of the material saying the same thing we've been saying for, for actually 25 years we were into this. And, and uh, you know, we had people start making these moves 15 years ago. Don't depend on the dollar. Depend on what your wealth you can grow right out of your soil or right on your little sawmill. And we've done this. We're a model. We're, we're, we're a picture of the future as far as a, a Christian community. Uh, and I know Daniel's not familiar with it, but the, uh, uh, for our audience who is, uh, Our Lady, the Virgin Mary, the message she gives is, you know, prepare, prepare yourselves. Use this time well so it might go good for you. And she's told us repeatedly that there's no future except for Jesus. She's told us that and, and conveyed through her these messages that life is going to change from one moment to the next. And that leads me up to the question of you, Daniel. Uh, the difference from inflation to hyperinflation, when we wake up one morning, hyperinflation is occurring. What's going to happen in that, that next 12 hours in hyperinflation? It's, it's going to be massive. It's going to be radical change for Americans. Uh, once we lose our world reserve currency status, it's going to actually be a little worse than hyperinflation because we're going to see a currency collapse in this country. The U.S. dollar has been so stretched out, we could see a massive devaluation, even a controlled and planned devaluation, literally overnight, where prices double, and the next day they double again. So uh, we're going to have such a, a significant change in this country, it's almost hard to imagine. I'm not saying we're going into Mad Max for eternity. I'm saying uh, just like Germany and Japan had devastation in the 40s, America is about to go through an economic devastation. So, yes, there can be light, uh, you know, later, but the, the storm is what's going to separate people. And there's going to be, like I said, a lot of people. You know, it, it only takes a few people. If you guys are, have watched the U.K. riots uh, that were happening yesterday, you know, 98% of the people that went out there were union workers out there to protest peacefully, and that 2% took advantage of that, and they started throwing rocks, and they started burning things, and all of a sudden, just like, you know, at a schoolyard, when two people are fighting, everybody forms that circle, all of a sudden, uh, the United Kingdom had a major problem on their hand. They had all those people, they were storming through buildings and stuff, so don't be surprised if things are out of control, people are rushing to the grocery store, and you've got that small element in our, in our society that really sparks things off, where you have shootings, you have uh, riots. And you don't have a response from the police, obviously, because they will be overwhelmed. Well, we've got a new release, uh, a newsletter I put out. Uh, I spent a month writing. Usually I spend two, three days writing one. But it's called, it's going to be released Monday on Medj.com. It's going to be, in, it's already in the mail to our field agents who support our mission. But the title of it is, What Will Your Future Look Like? It's a must read. And some of the things you're hearing now is, is, is there. When you see it, you're going to understand it and see it much more clearer. Where, where is the safeguard in the future? Where is the security? Thomas Jefferson said cultivars, cultivators are the, of the earth are the most valuable citizens. They are the most vigorous, the most independent, the most virtuous. They are tied to the country and wedded to the liberty and interest by most of the, la, uh, the most lasting bonds. 
I saw in some of your material uh, for National Inflation Association, The End of Liberty. Can you explain that? Yeah, The End of Liberty was a documentary. Basically, we were looking just to do a small video on signs of a societal collapse. We ended up having thousands of people respond, and we ended up making an hour, uh, an hour and 15-minute documentary. And it's basically, you know, people talk about, well, you know, it's not going to happen. It's going to keep going. I don't know if the current society we live in and the current direction we're going in, I don't think I really want to be a part of it anyway. We've got seven-year-olds on the no-fly list. We've got lemonade stands being shut down because they don't have a business license. We've got police checking unlocked cars in Florida to make sure the doors are locked. And if your doors aren't locked, they put a little flyer in there, say, reminding you to lock your door, and then they lock your door for you. So us as Americans, you know, you talk about Thomas Jefferson, uh, we have lost the republic. We have lost our individual rights and freedoms. Government has basically taken over our lives. Government regulates everything we do. People talk about a free market. The Federal Reserve Chairman, Ben Bernanke, if he comes out with a statement um, saying he's going to create more money or saying he's going to cut interest rates, he moves prices for the entire country. Who would have ever thought, especially Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, that we would live in a country where one man could literally, by what he says, move prices for the entire country. And in fact, because of our reserve status, the entire world. So the End of Liberty documentary is literally showing signs, and it's basically a collage of stories, story after story after story, where government has just gone too far. It's amazing you say um, what you're saying, because really what we've been showing people is life as we know it is going to change. We're not going to, and you said something that referred to, I don't, you don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be part of the system as it is now. And, and the system is, it knows it's sick. The people out there know it's sick. Be a believer, non-believer, or whatever belief system you have, everybody knows that. So the, the, we're, we're, we're infatuated with exercise, eating properly, everything with physical flesh. We're, we're looking for that. You know, lock your, your car doors, there's your seatbelt on. All these ridiculous, ridiculous things, which is a symptom uh, our, our reaction to a symptom that something's wrong and it's really down in the soul because we don't have an economic problem. We've got a, we don't have an economic recession or a depression. We have a, a spiritual recession, a spiritual depression. And scripturally, that works just as the Bible passage we always open up every Thursday where if you seek God's kingdom, everything else works. And when you don't seek God's kingdom first, you seek your kingdom, everything won't work. And that's what the fruit of this is. That's, that's the tree that's grown, grown in the fruit. We're, we're trying to fix everything through ridiculous laws and, and a loss of independence. And you've got to, wear, you've got to lock your car doors now. Uh, that's the first time I've heard that. But it's a result of there's something wrong. And so we go to the most absurd things that we try to correct when that's not the problem at all. And so economically, too, it's, it's the same way, what we said before. You pray, you fast, and let God act. We've got to change our life spiritually. When we change that, everything's going to work. I know James Dobson, uh, who founded his organization out in your neck of the woods in California, he, he, he had promoted or, or interviewed somebody at one point that had done 60, uh, uh, studies on 65 civilizations. Every single one of those civilizations failed when they're at our point. And so we're bankrupt morally. And because of that, we're going to be bankrupt economically. So life is going to change. There's no, there's no change in what's coming. 
what Daniel is talking about, what we've talked about for years, is unavoidable because there's consequences to this immorality and the way we've done things and following greed to the most degradation things that happen in, in our in our thing. The church pulpits are weak. We are in for correction. It's just a natural result. It's natural law. We revert back. We The Great Depression, 1929, was nothing more than a correction. Uh, back to real worth. And so what is real worth? Is, is seeking first God's kingdom. And so uh, <clears throat> this whole thing that we y- y'all put out about the price of... Can you talk a little bit about the prices of what y'all have analyzed and how you came up with that? That's my question, too. I'd really like to know for myself. Uh, what grocery store prices may be looking at soon and, wh- and what the timetable y'all think it would be and why? Uh, well, our timetable is just over the next decade, but it's very hard to predict these things because price and price inflation can get out of control. Like I said, it could happen in five days or five years because we've already created so much inflation monetarily. As far as prices, corn hitting $11 and bread hitting $23, we come to this number, and uh, you know, looking at this number, it could actually get a lot worse for Americans because of hyperinflation, but looking at just severe inflation... All we did was we took CPI, that's the way the government calculates inflation, and we used the 1980 CPI, so we were comparing apples with apples. So we took when prices really had, when we had really bad price inflation in the, in the late 70s, and you look at adjusted for the same price, just to be equal to the late 1970s when we had severe inflation, um, you adjust that number to what it would be today, to what it would be you know, in a year from now. And, of course, if you use government CPI that they use today, it's much different than government CPI that they use 1980. So we actually use the older CPI. That way we can compare apples to apples. Uh, government CPI, this is the cost of living increase that they use for Social Security and stuff. They have uh, really messed with that, um, you know, to where they've used something called hedonics, and they do substitutions. So to put it in the simplest form for everybody, uh, basically, the government used to have a basket of goods, and let's say steak was in those goods. And then the next year, they'd see how much steak was, and that would let them know if we've got price inflation or price deflation. Well, in 1996, because inflation was starting to rise, the government said, well, why don't we do this? If that steak goes up, the next year, we'll replace it with hamburger meat. And if that hamburger meat goes up, we'll replace it with uh, hot dogs. So basically, the government uh, came to the conclusion that if prices rose, you would buy something else. So in order to hide real price inflation, the government today, the way they calculate it, when you get that inflation number and it moves Wall Street, um, it, it's, a, it's a complete fraud. It's not, it's not giving you apples to apples. They simply take everything that goes up and they exchange it for things that aren't going up or things that are cheaper. The lie. We're going to take a real quick break, Daniel. We'll be right back with you. Okay. Our Lady in Medjugorje said on January 25th, 1997, I invite you to reflect about your future. Do we live her words and reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, 
life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Does Our Lady give us insight to the future and what we should expect? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It Ain't Gonna Happen by a friend of Medjugorje takes Our Lady's messages and places them where they belong, which is over the issues of your housing, the economy, everyday necessities, stock markets, and your investments to help you see what you must do to make changes in your life. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, It Ain't Gonna Happen, a book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It Ain't Gonna Happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000. It Ain't Gonna Happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Available through Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Hey, uh, Daniel, uh, this is Frank. I have a question for you. Uh, You mentioned, um, you know, this propping up of of, uh, these assets that they want to keep up for, you know, their goals uh, for taxes and things. They're also uh, suppressing some of the safe haven things like uh, gold and silver particularly. do, do you does your research uh, show that um, these things could get out of control very quickly as leveraged as the situation is and as suppressed as they've been? We seem to see uh, a little unraveling going on now as uh, there seems to be an underpinning with a lot of physical buying, particularly in the silver market, which is very tiny. Yeah, the silver market especially, I mean, you've got it's, – it's less than a tenth of investors. I'm not even talking about people just a tenth of investors buying into it. Silver also has a supply and demand issue. So even if this inflation wasn't going on, silver is a unique investment. Uh, Fifty years ago, we had 10 billion ounces of above-ground available silver. And because of government supply, we've been able to meet all this industrial man- demand from the West. And now, you know, it's been estimated anywhere from 300 million ounces to a billion above-ground uh, ounces of available silver. Um, and now you've got it, you know, that was just the West that consumed that. So now you've got the East, and the East is a lot bigger than the West population-wise. So silver especially, um, we're projecting for the inflationary scenario, silver to have a significant increase. Our long-term, going out way out post-inflationary situation, we're projecting, and we're one of the few uh, projecting silver to be equal, if not more than gold per ounce. It's in the book. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, yeah. Thanks for your insights on that because um, it, the 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 numbers are really ridiculous. When you talk about that, uh, the above ground number at twenty nine dollars, you know, the most that uh, analysts are saying exists is is twenty nine billion dollars worth of this asset in inventory. Uh, this is um, it's mind boggling how, how there could be so little of such an important. Uh, industrial metal and also a monetary metal that's synonymous with money. Yeah, that's that's why it's. It, I mean, it's being consumed like crazy. It's, I mean, gold. If you look at the way gold consumed, 
And again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm a big buyer of gold, so don't don't take don't take these words wrong. Gold is roughly about about 95 percent of it is stored, hoarded, or you know, jewelry. Only five percent is really consumed for industrial man, demand. Uh, silver, it's about 50 percent right now that's being consumed for industrial demand, and that's only going to grow. I mean, it just seems like every few months we find a new reason to have silver. I mean, you know, I know governments are talking about all this alternative energy. Well, in solar panels, they're using silver paste uh, for, the, for the reflectors. Um, you know, silver's a catalyst for medicines, and I'm sure if you guys are talking about silver, you guys already all know this stuff. So silver is used for a lot of industrial purposes. I mean, it's, it's in our phones, it's in our computers. So there is silver everywhere. And a lot of people say, well, this silver's still there. The thing is, the silver is so small in an iPhone um, it, it, it would be ridiculous. Silver would have to be north of, uh, you know, $1,000, $2,000 an ounce for people to actually start breaking their iPhones out. And, again, it's, it's, it's nothing compared to the amount of silver that the world needs. You can't just take all this junk silver in, they call, call it landfill silver, and, and save, you know, save the system. I mean, the fact is that silver is just going, silver, in my opinion, is not an investment opportunity of a lifetime. It may be, right now, the best investment in human history. Amen. You know, we did a lot of research when I was putting together Ain't Gonna Happen, and we, we, I put the book out in three months, which is very quick, because the amount of research that went into it, we didn't take what you're saying right now for granted that, that someone put that out or, or Monax or Comax or somebody who said something about silver. We've, we went down to the root and did the research. What you're saying is completely accurate. We we actually did did a lot of research just to see how many cell phones are out there. We've got 4.1 billion cell phones. I think the date was up to last year. 4.1 billion cell phones. And what I can remember is, I think in the book, there's 60, uh, six, 60 tons of silver that is gone forever. It disappears in the landfills. It, it is not coming back. So not only are we using it, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're actually destroying it. Yeah. And so, and this is the metal given to us by, by God. And so, what does God think about this when our consumerism actually destroys something in the parabolic table? And not only that, is, is God could have been sold for gold, he was sold for silver. So, there's a lot of reasons to biblically look at silver. And it's a lot of reasons why we struck this round that we did. And why people, when they read the book, they get so excited about it because they, they realize this is the only safe haven you can go. We're telling people now, Daniel, to use it as a transitional thing because above silver is your own little plot and yeah. something you can live by. That's, that's the ultimate. That's the best gold and silver you can have. If you have excess, you yeah, get that. But transitioning until you can find that place or until that crashes and deflates, you can use these, the, the silver for that. But everything you're saying about this, I know we even did research. We didn't trust what they said as far as the amount of silver that was available. I think we ended up with $700 million, our best research and we were talking to people all across the world, from England to wherever, that, uh, and we wanted to go straight to fresh research. This is as accurate as you're going to find it, and and it's very simple. Uh, we we've got to act. We've got to get away from the system. You can hold on to silver. You can put that in your pocket. You can bury it in the backyard. You can do whatever you want to do with it. Hold it physically. And and your 401ks, all this, I don't know what y'all's direction is on that, but we're telling people just get out of it. Turn it, take the hit, take the penalty. Frank can explain that side a little bit better, what we're, we're explaining to people. But uh, my question to you is, after maybe Frank says a little bit about that, it is, um, do you agree with that? But Frank, go ahead. 
Well, yeah, we've when we did the first show, uh, the Dow was around ten thousand and silver was around nine dollars. So certainly, people that uh, took advantage of that are, um, you know, calling us now and saying they're up. Uh, you know, they've tripled uh, the value. So, um, so this is something that uh, we see. There's a this a lot of problems with what the government's talking about doing to these retirement vehicles, and uh, I really don't recommend any type of uh, holding for your gold and silver within. Uh, the IRAs are the retirements, and um, I wondered if you uh, had what your view were, was on the retirement vehicles, IRAs, 401ks, and those things, what people should do about those things. Our, our view is that you shouldn't put anything in them that, that you can't afford to lose because you, you don't know what's going to happen to those electronic um, investments because when you talk about holding gold and silver, uh, we believe that people should, of course, prepare food-wise, independence-wise, buy gold and silver. And then if you feel comfortable with how much gold and silver you physically have, and you have excess wealth, you know, these are for wealthy people, you have excess wealth, and then you want to, you know, buy a mining stock or buy a, a utility company or something, you know, then we, then we would say, yeah, we can find some good ones, especially, you know, overseas. But typically for your average American, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to reach a level of comfort to have that gold and silver. But, I mean, certainly if somebody's sitting on, you know, you know, 40,000 ounces of silver and 10,000 ounces of gold, and then they want to buy some stocks, they have some throwaway money or some gambling money, um, you know, then I would do it. But, again, I, I look at it as really gambling money. Yeah, you could make a lot of money in the stock market, but you're right. There is no guarantees that the stock market's going to even be around. Correct, and so that's been our point. Why even do? Even if you've got excess money, why even worry with it? Mm-hmm. You know, you could. You know, we, we've talked to people to follow. It's been said that the plantations actually were one of the greatest economic successes there was, as far as the way things worked and people fed. Aside from the sin of slavery, uh, the system was was a good system. And uh, you know, if you've got the means, you know, that should be an investment instead of stock markets. Create a village, let people live there, let them grow. You know, not, not like the peasants, but you've got a system that you can eat because you can't, you can't get the cow. You can't grow the, the, the crops. You can't do everything yourself. You have to have other people. And that's what formed the early church, Christian community. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing this through the economic situation. People are already beginning to take those. That We're urging people to, to form community. If you, if you belong to a mega church, find 10 families. There's praying families ready, willing to pray together every single day. Start a structured prayer life. And, and build a life. Take all their assets. Take what they've got. Go buy 300 acres and, and build your little plot. Yeah. And uh, so a lot of things like that we've recommended. I also think that, that Revelations uh, is pretty clear about this as far as Revelations saying, you know, come out of come out of her, come out of this, this wanton system. Um, you know, the Bible says that unequaled weights and measures are an abomination to the Lord. A dollar backed by nothing has to be the most abominable system. So some of the reasons that we're recommending completely getting out of paper and, and particularly government-controlled IRAs and stuff like this is because uh, the, the system is corrupt. It's, it's uh, you know, an, an evil system of tyranny, and it's a system that cheats, and God hates this cheat system. I personally try to purchase uh, goods and services with silver. I ask for uh, owners of... Um, businesses when i go to eat when i go to stay at a hotel wherever i can find the owner um 
I'll inconvenience them for a few minutes to try to tell them I'd like to pay them with honest money, not with a dollar I can't wait to get rid of that's, uh, you know, could collapse overnight. And um, I don't want to stick you with it for something for a good intangible service. What does this mean, Daniel, to, our, and maybe out of your field, but what, what does this mean, or if y'all look at it from the angle of uh, our national security? Oh, as far as national security with our currency? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've left ourselves wide open. Um, the United States, China or any other country doesn't have to fire a bullet. Um, China could destroy this country overnight economically, and, uh, you know, we've, we've seen this before, actually, in this country. Uh, during the War of 1812, the uh, British were actually flooding uh, our economy with uh, counterfeit currency to create a hyperinflation situ- situ- scenario. And we actually did see that. We, ha- we actually saw it in the Revolutionary War as well. British did the same thing. They would flood our economy with these fake paper uh, currency notes. And so, you know, China doesn't even have to fake it. China can just send the real deal back to America and flood this country with currency. And, and the Chinese are slowly doing it. They're exchanging their currency. They're buying real estate uh, all over this country. They're buying rights to oil wells. China is already dumping the currency and exchanging. You know, a lot of times Wall Street will say, look, look at China there. It's a vote of confidence. They just invested in one of our banks. Look, the fact is, is China knows that they can have a paper currency or they can own a building uh, in New York. They can own a business in the United States. So, in my opinion, it's not a vote of confidence. The Chinese are buying this place up, uh, dumping their dollars, and no one even is recognizing it. And there's not one news station talking about it. But here, um, you know, in Southern California, we've got stories about people uh, in, from China are coming on buses, and they're taking them on these foreclosure tours, and they're buying up California real estate. Mm. So, um, you know, when it comes to national security, we've left ourselves wide open. How are we going to ever tell China, you know, hey, this is where we draw the line? China can dump our currency anytime they want, and we won't be able to deal with anything internationally, much less secure our own borders. We'll be dealing with internal um, chaos because of uh, a currency collapse. Well, this transfer of wealth is incredible. We, we really don't produce anything, per se. I know we've got a Mercedes-Benz, and Alabama's become a, a state of automobile manufacturing. Aside from those few things, though, across this land, and Alabama really actually economically is better off than most states in, in the nation. But aside from that, this transfer of wealth, I mean, China's telling their people to buy silver, buy gold. Our people don't have... We're so conditioned to buy stocks and paper, buy silver through paper. We don't hold anything. And and we've got to realize that you have to have wealth yourself. You've got to be able to grow your food. You've got to be able to create what you need to create from your ground and be independent, like Thomas Jefferson said. That's that's your only homeland security. Otherwise, nothing else is going to work because something's going to happen. We can't, we can't avoid this. We can't pass laws. We can't legislate. We can't spend our way out of it. We're on a collision course, or you might want to say we're on the train track, and it's coming down there, and you're tied to the train track. You've got to get as far from the dollar as possible. There's no other way. Daniel? Yeah, no, I totally agree. The dollar is, it's it's trash. It's done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're playing musical chairs at this point if you're holding any of the U.S. currency. You know, people talk about, people try to, the media tries to scare people saying, Gold's a bubble, or George Soros will come out and say gold's a bubble while, while he's buying gold. The central Tons. banks are buying gold. 
you know, I have a story that I just heard last night from my mother-in-law. She, uh, she works for a, a, a Christian school, a private school, and they're doing a fundraiser to take the kids on a field trip. And they had a We Buy Gold guy that was at that school, and the parents brought in their gold and silver. And you know what he was giving them for an ounce of gold? He was giving them 140 bucks for an ounce of gold. Wow. And this just isn't, I'm just using the school as an example, but this is nationwide. Um, you know, people are selling gold, these We Buy Gold places for 10 cents on the dollar. That is the exact opposite of a bubble. Anybody telling you that we're in a bubble, they're, they're, they're either completely ignorant or they're lying to you because it can't possibly be in a bubble when bubbles require massive public participation. The public participation is selling gold, not buying gold. Well, the, the whole thing is a deception. It's an illusion. We, we just kid ourselves if we think. I, I cringe when I talk to vendors that come to our mission or we have, uh, we have paper being delivered, tractor trailer, paper, and they say, well, you know, we, you know it's going to recover next year. Where, what are you thinking? And, and the problem is, is that they're not. They're so used to being told these things and believe it from the government or, or the school or the universities or whatever. That this, is, this system is going to recover. It, it, it ain't going to happen. That's why we named this book. It's not going to happen. And as, as leveraged as the system is, Danny, would it, wouldn't you say that uh, at any time this could just d- begin to unravel out of control and there's really uh, you know, no, nothing anyone could do with the global fiat money system, demographic winner, all the things we're facing that no other generation has faced? Uh, I mean, I, I think the, these things could unravel out of control very rapidly like a thief in the night. Absolutely. It could happen this evening. I mean, the thing is, what most people have been living in this illusion for so long, they actually think they live in normal. Uh, first of all, look at the debt increase of people. People were borrowing. We've been borrowed, borrowing our prosperity for, for decades now, since the early 80s. Uh, we've had this baby boomer generation, this huge generation that was able to enter the economy and spend. And you know what? That huge generation is now retiring. Not only are they cutting back spending, but now they want the entitlements. So we're going to see a massive wave of entitlement spending. And the biggest thing people need to consider is that prior to 1971, the world, human history, always had some type of attachment to a commodity-based currency. So whether it was the last millennium, which gold and silver dominated, or prior to that where people would trade a, you know, an ox for, for uh, food or something like that, um, we have always been able to trade something real for something real when it comes to goods and services. Only since 1971 has the entire world been on a fiat currency experiment where when we trade goods and services, we are literally trading it for something that has no inherent value, no real value. The only value in it is that everybody has come to the agreement and said, this is going to be worth something. But it doesn't have an actual value. So we are on a fiat current fiat currency experiment and just let people know individual countries there's been over 3800 fiat currencies every single one of those fiat currencies they they're they're gone they're zero now they're we're not worth anything well this time the whole world went on a fiat currency system so you know people have can look at history like the Weimar Republic that was one nation try the whole world you know, it's, uh, fiat currencies last from 30 to 50 years. We're in year 42. Yeah. That don't mean we're going to go to 50. It means we're volatile. We have, we, uh, I was saying last week on our show, uh, we were talking to a Chicago trader, and he says, 
every one of the criteria for a crash has been met. The only thing that has perplexed him is why it hasn't happened. So it's by the grace of God we're continuing, people. We're allowed, I'm absolutely 100% convinced God is allowing us to crash and then bounce back up to make, give the believers, give people that's got some goodwill to be able to position themselves or trans, go in transition or get, get yourself or whatever or your plot of land for this because it would be almost, it'd be cruel even though we deserve it by our, the morality of the world right today. Uh, nobody, nobody can make it because just as Daniel just said, uh, the whole world's on this system. And when that happens, so integrated, uh, China, I think, back in the back of their mind knows that if they do do this, then this, this they're undoing too to, to a lot of degree. You know, I just read uh, that there were China and Germany and a couple of other countries were so mad at what they just did, the feds, that the, they, they, and they said they complained, the quote was, they're destroying the American model. So even yeah. though they may not like us, they know this is the model and we're, we're so stupid and they want to say destruction, they know it's their destruction too. Disintegration causes that. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, it's, it's unfortunate because when it comes to awareness, Americans really are the caboose. Um, Amen. Amen. You know, uh, the rest of the world, like you said, China is buying gold. They're encouraging their citizens to buy gold. In Mumbai, they've already introduced a private gold and silver currency that taxi cab drivers, business owners, everybody's using. Um, but when it comes to Americans, we are stuck in this, like, you know, you look at the end of Rome, where it was kind of like everybody was obsessed with circuses and, and gladiators. Americans are, t- are, are have permanent entertainment. I mean, whether it's, it doesn't matter old or young, whether they're listening to music at the grocery store shopping or listening to music in the car or coming home to watch TV, Americans are just involved, just being entertained. We are just per- we're in a permanent entertainment status. Pleasure. And the rest of the world is preparing for the inevitable. And they call us consumers, which which should be an insult to us. And uh, you know, we we really, if we understood, as you said, and and it's very exciting to hear you mirror the things that we've been saying on the show that, you know, you're seeing these exact same things. And I, I couldn't agree more with uh, your analysis on what a bubble is. I can't get anyone uh, to take silver over the dollar. This isn't a bubble. And I couldn't agree more about your analysis on the tremendous opportunity uh, silver is. not Maybe not only an opportunity of a lifetime, it may be the opportunity of any lifetime. Frank, and, why... And, why? Miraculous metal Medjugorje round over regular silver. Well, the Miraculous metal Medjugorje round, for uh, one thing, from a physical and secular standpoint, um, it's a dollar twenty-five over. Daniel, have you ever heard of a specialty round going for a dollar twenty-five over for silver, less than four, per, about four percent now, um, over spot for a specialty round? Not a specialty round. Bullion, yes, but not a specialty round. And so, so from a we've made this for, so from a physical, secular standpoint, you can have a tremendous value uh, for you know very close to the price of bullion. And from the standpoint of what the miraculous metal has been, it it got its name miraculous metal because so many miracles were attributed to it. This can change the world. Adding to what Frank just said about the miraculous metal measure around, and why would you? Not want that, or say somebody. Well, I'll just go buy silver. You know, the scripture says the day of judgment. I, I repeat this: the scripture says, on the day of judgment, your gold and your silver will do you no good. You want something, 
that is, yes, we have to have means of, of funds. We have to have money. And why not bless it? For a Christian, you want to wear a cross. For a Christian, you want everything you have in your home to reflect who you are. And so if you can have your money Christianized, you know, not love of money because that's demonized, but you've got to have it for exchange. Why would you not want it struck with the religious symbols? And so this is why to get have that. You want that preserved. And actually, when gold was confiscated in 1933, they didn't take up religious objects. The, the law forbid that. So it, it's a, even what's coming. And Daniel said something very interesting about what's happening with the economy may have been uh, intentional. Uh, or he said, you know, well, how it happens may be unintentional, but he said, or it could be intentional. And we all know there's a lot of things intentionally happen now. So don't think these things won't be coming in our future. So you want a religious struck metal round. You do not want it any other way. And besides, you know, that gives you protection. Just like people put a cross across the land in France. They want that for protection. Medjugorje's got a cross up on the mountain. Protect them from hailstorms. The symbol of Christ. So take your assets, take these values, take your money, and, and, and Christianize it. Bring it to the light. And when it's distributed, these symbols will be on it. So getting a hold of you, Frank? It, yeah, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can reach me at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com by email. Uh, or you could call me at 877-936-7686. Okay, Daniel, would you like to wrap up with anything you'd like to say? Yeah, you could. You know, we have a free newsletter. It's inflation.us. You can subscribe for free. Uh, we don't bother you a lot. We just send out important news information, stuff that's not being reported by the mainstream media. And we'll probably put a link from our site to yours. Uh, we'll try to get that on today. And then, uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking more in the future. And Frank, uh, Daniel, stay on the line. I'd like to talk to you just a minute afterwards. Okay. In, uh, before we close the show today, in light of... Um, everything that Daniel spoke about and everything that uh, you spoke about throughout the course of the broadcast, uh, something comes to mind from uh, It Ain't Gonna Happen. And folks, if you haven't read this book yet, um, you're, you're behind right now. Uh, this is a book that is a must-read. It's a must-read yesterday. And if you haven't read this yet, uh, you're, you're behind, and, and you're not going to understand the fullness of everything that we're speaking about uh, in the show. It may alarm you, but, um, but you, you need to read this book right now. You need to stop whatever you're doing and read this book. But something from, uh, I believe it's chapter, um, chapter 18, uh, about some of the six principles that, that people need, or six actions that people need to take. One of those, number five, you say tithe. 10% of everything you earn. If you cannot afford to tithe, it's because you're not tithing. No one, cannot, no one can afford not to tithe. Life costs you more when you do not tithe. It is a biblical mandate, rich or poor alike, start now. And we know that uh, especially in light of the topics discussed today, knowing the reactions that people are going to have and just trying to save what they've got, uh, people are going to forget tithing. What, what uh, can you say about that? Well, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Proverbial, that's, that's the truth. You, why do you do that? And, and uh, often the things that seem like, you know, they can't t cut your electricity off if you don't tithe. Uh, it don't have that means of reap consequences, but it, there is something that happens. It's, it is a biblical mandate. And people have been for years benefiting spiritually from this mission. They profited from that. 
And now they've, they've profited physically from what we're revealing to them and showing them through what our latest messages has shown us. And so uh, tithing is the, the, the last thing you would stop. It's the first thing you would go to to do. And what's your action? If you're not tithing, you need to do that. This mission has a lot to say and a lot to do and in the coming months and years. A lot of information to give you direction. Uh, people change your life and in accord to everything we've been talking about today. And by doing that, that has come as a result of this mission's existence. So don't, uh, don't, don't think we don't need those funds to be able to be here next week for you. And Our Lady has established conduits all over the world through our messages to let people know the times we're in. She says, look at the signs of the times and to, to walk us through this. And many have told us through the years, we're the lifeline for them. And they wait for the mailbox for in anticipation of what's coming to them because they got their whole life by it. And so there's a few missions in the world, a few things in the world where people literally live and take in their life and put it in their life. It, you know, it's one thing to say an opinion, but when you have something coming from heaven giving you this information, you do that. And it has to be supported. So it, it's, it's important to say that, that what that fifth mandate was or, or guidance was is that you have to do that. Don't quit that. And, and support this mission, support your church. But uh, if you don't do that, don't expect to be supported. It's not going to, you can't have it that way. Well, we're out of time. We want you to know that we love you and we wish you Our Lady. And until next time, please remember that we're very interested in your future, both physically and spiritually. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.